between our campus and Westminster's. Every Sunday, its worship service was standing room only. The singing raised the roof. The preaching was electric. The congregation was a mix of local farmers and students and professors from the colleges. They had built up a network of social services, including adoption, foster care, and programs for troubled youth. Every service ended with a laying on of hands, at which people were apparently healed of ailments ranging from depression to cancer. Every month or so after the service, many new members would be baptized by total immersion in the nearby creek. These events were the favored topic of conversation on the way to and from classes, and they were the inevitable destination of our table talk in the dining hall. A few weeks into the semester, I finally agreed to join my newfound friends for their Sunday worship. Our anticipation grew during the long ride out to church, and the service itself didn't disappoint us. There was exuberant singing, powerful preaching, and the laying on of hands. I found myself wondering why my Presbyterian worship couldn't be this way. My church generated excitement in special programs like Young Life, but we could accomplish it only by segregating teens from the staid older folks and the distraction of small children. Yet here was a true cross-section of local life, and it was alive and engaged. On the drive back to campus, Doug and Ron began talking about how soon they might make their own trip to the creek for baptism. There was no question whether this would be the next step. The only question was when. And it was only then, when they began speaking in terms of baptism, that my own mind stopped racing with excitement. Indeed, the racing vehicle screeched to a halt. The conversation continued back on campus, where a number of students were talking about getting dunked for real. We had all been baptized as infants, but now my friends were repudiating the very idea of infant baptism. When I raised a caution, they replied, Scott, what do you remember from your baptism? On the other hand, they pointed out, we all could vividly remember what we had seen, heard, and felt at our newfound country church that very day a church whose truth was evidenced in apparent miracles. I still hesitated. But is it biblical to get baptized again? And are you sure that infant baptism is unbiblical? Some of the guys answered my question with a question. Okay, Scott, where do you see infant baptism in the New Testament? I had no ready answer. Rebaptism and Research My friends weren't ridiculing me, They were merely discouraging what they saw as my overly intellectual hang-ups. Don't get me wrong, they were very intelligent kids. They just felt they didn't need further reasons after the continued experience of such exalted worship. They felt that their experience was reason enough for them to take action. The problem occupied my mind. These new friends meant a lot to me, and their church excited me. But the prospect of re-baptism troubled me, and I wasn't sure why. I decided to mention it to a professor I deeply respected, Dr. Robert Van de Capelli. I was taking his course titled Biblical Ideas, and I was loving it. The ink wasn't yet dry on Dr. Van de Capelli's doctorate from Princeton, and his love for scholarship shone in his lectures and in his smiling eyes. With his wire-rimmed glasses and conservative neckties, he even looked the part of the prof. Gently inquisitive, He fostered the kind of learning, with a capital L, I dreamed about when I first applied to Grove City College. In his office one afternoon, I mentioned, as casually as I could, that some friends and I were planning to get rebaptized. 
He raised an eyebrow above the wire rims, but his eyes kept smiling, and he spoke gently as always. Rebaptized? Why? He knew, of course, about the church we were attending. Everybody knew about it. I said, I was baptized as a baby, and it didn't mean anything to me. He kept smiling. So? Besides, I said, where is it in the New Testament? Still smiling, he asked, Have you looked into it? My silence answered him well enough. He said, Well, maybe you should. And then the clincher. Scott, why not make infant baptism the topic for your research paper in my class? The next Sunday my friends got dunked, but I stayed back and worshipped closer to campus. Meanwhile, I had checked out all the books the college library had to offer on the subject of infant baptism, a contentious issue from the earliest days of the Protestant Reformation.